Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers. Uh, this is the official podcast of the club group. Today, this is episode 11. We're joined by Tom, who's uh, got some exciting news to tell us about, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Hello, Tom. Hello. And we've got an extra special guest as well. We've got Mark, who runs the YouTube channel, Not Board Gaming. Hello, Mark. Hello, Hello. Tom and uh, Rick and everybody. Thank you very much for joining me, both of you. It's, uh, it's you. really good to have you on. Thank you for talking to us. Uh, we're going to talk about some board games that we've been playing recently. Uh, I'm going to talk to Tom about his uh, his uh, exciting news that he's got. He's going to tell us all about that. Uh, and also, Mark runs a, a YouTube channel, so we're going to have a quick chat about that and how he how he goes about that as well. Uh, but before that, uh, I just wanted to quick make, quickly mention um, a computer game that I've been playing. So I, I, I like sort of video games and computer games as well as board games. And, and this one that I've been playing is called City Skylines. It's a bit of an older one. It's a couple of years older, I think, but it's just been released on PlayStation, so I've been playing it on PS4. And uh, this is like a Sim City kind of game, like a city-building game. So you basically start off with just like a bare patch of land, and then you're drawing the roads, and then buildings start popping up, and then you're drawing, you know, you can draw in, like, different zones and things. It's uh, it's really addictive. It's really cool. <laughs> really Isn't there like a board it. game version of this as well? Uh, there's a couple of city building games, yeah. No, I, I, I do think them. there is a board game version of City Skyline as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm oh, certain wow. there is. It was launched after the um, after the uh, after the computer game came out. Not played the the, the, oh, uh, the computer game. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain there is. I'm certain that. I'm, in fact, I'm, yeah, pretty certain there is a board game of City Skylines. Yeah, you could then have the full the full experience almost yeah, there. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah I, but I've seen City Skyline on on the Switch. I've just not managed to play it as of yet. It it is really good. You you kind of sit down for and think, oh, just um, tidy up my roads for half an hour, and then like an hour later, you're still you're still playing. It's a, it's, it's like a little bit of micromanagement. You have to like direct traffic, and then there's a bit of zoning, and then you you can build like massive monuments, like the um, like palaces and things like that. So it's oh, it's really brilliant. good. I've sunk loads of time into it, and it's uh, yeah, quite uh, quite interesting. The city building and, is one of those things that there's a lot of crossover. There's both um, board game and video game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's kind of it's not it's not one of these action games where you know you have to do something at a certain time. It's quite yeah. relaxed. You can kind of sit yeah. down, take it at your own pace. There's no rush or anything. And before you know it, you've lost two and two and three hours of your evening, basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you've got a PlayStation or a Switch, or if you can uh, load it on PC, it's a good good game to play if you like yeah. that city building kind of thing. Cities. PlayStation Two, I'm afraid. No, worry on that. <laughs> uh, what you guys been up to? Well, for me, it's been it's been board games. Uh, I must admit, since since I kind of got into the hobby, and we'll talk about that later, is my my immersion into the world of Switch and my Xbox and, and PlayStation Four is is practically faded into the background. So um, yeah, so I've been playing quite a few board games. Uh, just set up Nemesis right now, um, Aeon's End, which uh, I managed to get from eBay secondhand earlier this week, and then. I've been doing some stuff with a size modular board as well, uh, on a solar perspective. Yeah, so Stonemaier sent me a copy of that through for a review, so I'm building up a review of that at the moment. So, yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, at the club the other night, I played uh, kind of a, a mammoth four-hour um, game of Inish with uh, with Scott and Peter and Peter and Duncan, and mm. uh, which sounds like some 60s group, that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's been a fair... Yeah, I was looking over the... Board games. 
Sorry, I was looking over your shoulder at that, and it looked like you had uh, some extra bits of cardboard that I haven't seen in a, in a niche. I've, so, I played yeah, a niche myself, and it's a really good game, but I think uh, you had some sort of expansion in there. Yeah, I think Scott had got the uh, an expansion which allowed it to go to kind of five players, and also there were harbours in there. Now, it's my first time I played it, and uh, uh, and yeah, I had a thoroughly good time, but, it, uh, but yeah... It's uh, I, I, as with as happens every time I play a game at, at, at the ball club night is I lost, um, which is fine. It's, it's what I go in expecting expecting to happen. I came fifth out of five people, but yeah, it was it was good fun. Uh, uh, that usually happens to me, Mark. So next time we play a game, we'll have to see who who finishes <laughs> yeah, last one yeah. competition. <laughs> I'm quite proud of my 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 uh, my kind of uh, uh, my record now at the club. Is every time I played, I've come last. So this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Tom? What you've been doing? Well, I've had a fairly uh, full game of board gaming as well, actually. A uh, full yeah. week of board gaming. Because I had people around on the Saturday to mm. play board games. And then on the Sunday, we had the, our uh, monthly session at the Red Deer. Uh, first, mm. first Sunday of the month. Okay. Uh, where people come along sort of lunchtime-ish and then stay till whenever. So, yeah, lots of games there. And then, obviously, on Tuesday, we came along and played uh, a few light games. I was um, doing a bit of self-promotion, but I played a few proper games as well. Uh, and, yeah, it's just been a lot of games. I, uh, I think they um, played Decrypto quite a lot, which always seems to come out. That, mm. that, that does, seems to, at the end of the night, that seems to be the, the kind of format yeah, game at the end of the night, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It seems to be a club favourite at the moment. There's always someone uh, suggesting suggesting and get played, and plenty of people say, yeah, yeah go on. Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice to just get out and have a uh, play. I don't, I don't, have we, we've talked about Decrypto on this podcast already, haven't we? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah so it's a good game. It's, uh, yeah. it's quite a social game, isn't it? It's kind of more... It's not it It's not like a social deduction game, though. It's not like one of those Avalon-type games. It's more of a, a clue-giving game where you can kind of sit, sit, you know, sit in groups and sit in teams and guess the words and things. It's quite social that way, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah it's, quite nice, a, it's a nice game. I had quite a short game because on our, our side, everyone... Uh, we had three players, and the first player gave great clues. Then the second, second one, uh, he, he, as soon as we gave our answer, he said, "Oh, sorry, I messed up." And then it came <laughs> to me, and then they gave their, their answer to me, and I said, "Oh, sorry, I messed up." Yeah, so we just we just lost really quickly. I, just, I think that's that's a great thing about the crypto is it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, no. people try very hard or, yeah. or 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 give a clue, had, give something away. It's it's that social aspect, and I think the crypto works really well in that environment. Mm, it's relatively yeah. easy yeah. to learn, and the games can last a long time. Or if they're over quickly, it's it's still a fun blast, basically. Mm. Yeah, we've had some long, intense games where it's getting closer and closer to the answer, mm. but not quite. And we've got like eight rounds in and still not got it. Or we've got really quick ones where you just fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did actually this week manage to get my wife to play a board game this week, which is um, absolutely unheard of. So she's not a board game fan in the slightest at all. And um, and we played Horrified, and she absolutely loved it. And have you, have you, you've seen Horrified. It's this one from Ravensburger that is mm. kind of the universal monsters. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah. You've got to stop Frankenstein and Dracula. and all That's it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, she uh, she played two games back to back of that, and she's already asked me when she can play it again. So I'm oh. I'm kind of proud of that. I've got a convert to uh, to board games here. Great. Uh, Great. I don't think we'll be going deep into a game of uh, I, I don't know Gloomhaven anytime soon. But uh, but yeah, she uh, she thoroughly enjoyed Horrified. Still can't get the kids to play a board game, but that's a different matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks good that Horrified. I haven't played it yet, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it at some point. Uh, I'll bring you to the club again on Tuesday. Mm. Nobody played it on Tuesday. We got caught up, but it's, uh, it's 
very easy to learn, very easy to play, but it's it's, it's fun to play as well. And the game takes about forty minutes, so it's mm. not a not a long game at all. Yeah. Okay, so shall we move on to some of the games that we played recently then? Yeah. Uh, so on the Sunday session, myself and Tom played a game called Taj Mahal. Right. Uh, so this is a game by Rainer Knizia. It's from the year 2000, so it's a, yeah. it's a Mulgarish <laughs> game. Yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. It uh, takes 75 to 100 minutes, which was about right. I think it took us about 90 minutes then to play it with five players. Yeah, but um, um, three of the players hadn't start I haven't played it before so there was a yeah yeah we had some, well. yeah we had a bit of a learning game a typical it's kind of euro type resource yeah, management game yeah. yeah 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 it's very euro a bit dry a bit themeless <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you've got a map of uh, india and it's broken up into provinces and within each province uh, are little areas where you can put palaces and then there's routes that connect them like little roads that connect these locations together so yeah. basically what you're doing is you're playing cards from your hand and you're trying to bid, basically, to win either one of the four court members. Um, you can win goods, which are elephants, and you can win, like, a crown, which is like a, uh, gives you an extra palace that you can put on the board. Right. Um, you, you're kind of playing cards, and these cards might have a yellow icon on it for one of the court members, and then somebody else plays another yellow card, for example, and then you have to either beat that or you can withdraw. So you can do two things. You can either play cards or you can withdraw. When you withdraw you look at which one, which icons you've got the most of, and right. then you take the icon, uh, take the tokens for that particular area, and that lets you put a palace on the board. So there's a, there's a few different ways of earning points. You can earn points by collecting the goods, uh, and there's a few different, different types of goods that you can collect, and they'll the points exponentially multiply up for those, so they're quite a good way to get points. Yep. You get points for putting palaces out on the board, and uh, you also get points for con- connecting all the routes together. So if, you, if you've got uh, provinces that are next to each other, you get points for that as well. Uh, and that's basically it. So there's 12 rounds, uh, and then you draw some more, a couple more cards from some that are face up, and then you, you do another round. <laughs> so it, it is uh, it is a bit of an older game, and I think it probably shows its age a little bit because it's not quite as streamlined as probably a, a game today would be. I think you struggled a little bit with the colours, didn't you, Tom? It's not exactly colourblind friendly. Yeah, um, it worked all right though. I mean, everything. Um, okay. Yeah, it was just everything had a different picture, so mm. it, I could just look at that and it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I think you were saying uh, it's just other people saying, "Oh, I've got um, leading in purples," and I was going, "Which one's the purple one?" Is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's generals, right? Okay. The, so. the tokens are quite small, but they do have little pictures on, don't they? Of the of, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, they all... represent. I, th- I, I really think it's like... been reprinted recently. I think that might be. Yeah. Today. Fixes some of the some of the issues of it. This was the the uh, the copy that we were playing was the, one of the older the older one, versions yeah. of it. Yeah, but it has been reprinted. I don't know if they made any changes to the rules or just made yeah, it prettier. Sure. It's got a, a really nice shape to the rounds because every auction, every every round, you're just playing for one province, but your cards matter so much. You've got six mm. different things you're competing over, and you're never gonna be leading in all six. Yeah. Well, sometimes you look at your card and you're not leading in any of them, so you could just give up, or you could carry on just throwing more and more of your resources down to try and win something. But uh, so every province, I mean, someone just gives up and goes out early. But there's always at least uh, two people who are just throwing all their cards <laughs> in, and and then they've got nothing for the next province, and it's uh, it just leads to some really nice um, back and forth. And so, what is, what's the victory condition on the game? Then, um, you know, is it is it does everybody play to the end, or are people kind of knocked out early and then they're waiting around for other people to finish the no. game? Or no, you play all so twelve it's... provinces. 
Right. Uh, and uh, then you see how many how many points you got at the end. And it's uh, people can just sort of uh, just sit out for a couple of provinces and not really take part in the auction uh, and build up their cards. Yeah. So they're really strong for the next for that one that they want to win. So everyone's sort of coming sort of coming in and going out of the game, and you don't know who's win who's got the most until the end of the game. Oh, okay. All right. So who won? Uh, me. Um, uh, I, I did. I've been Rick. Yeah, but I'm not I quite sure I, I should have, have because I think we got one of the rules slightly wrong when we were Slightly wrong, yeah. We, we scored so, the, the palace slightly wrong, yeah, but I don't think it made all that much. Yeah, it's, um, yeah I, I quite enjoyed it while I played it. It's, um, it. it's probably not the prettiest game, and it's, but that, uh, it's, it's probably got a bit more depth to it, so it's, it's definitely got replayability. Yeah. If you, if you come to play it again, you know, you can, there's different things that you can do, and you'll have a better idea of, you can plan ahead. You can see which provinces are coming up next. So you can yeah. plan ahead and say, "I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to drop out of this one and prepare for the next one or the next two or something." Mm-hmm. The, the cards are really, um, are, are really a restriction, aren't they? Because you only have like five or six cards probably at most, and then all of a sudden you'll spend two or three of them uh, trying to win a certain thing in a certain province, and then yeah, you really want to win. Cards, on the, so you, you, you really yeah. want to win on the princesses, and you're winning, leading on the princesses, but then someone else puts down another princess, and suddenly you're not, and you go, ah, yeah, how yeah. dare you? There was a bit that. of that, yeah, yeah, where yeah. somebody's like playing three or four elephants, and then somebody else plays three or four elephants, and they're like, no, 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 no I want the elephants, get out, <laughs> yeah. stay away from my elephants. So there, there is a bit of yeah, there is a bit of replayability in there, and uh, I, I would like quite, quite like to uh, to play it again. And then, um, that makes me wonder about some older games because obviously, you know, these days we have you know, three and a half thousand board games. New board games came out mm. last year, whatever it was. So I just wonder how an, an older game from you know, best part of twenty years ago now kind of stands up. You know, what would drag somebody back towards Taj Mahal as towards I don't know a, a modern Euro like Terra Mystica or I, I think, uh, I think or, you'd or have Gaia to be into Project. the hobby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you'd have to be a, a, a hardcore board gamer. I can't, I can't see like families or. You know, yeah. somebody somebody picking this up, sort of, you know, enjoying it that much. I think, I think, because it is a bit of an older and a bit of a, you know, there's not much theme there. It's a bit dry. It's a bit. Yeah. They probably yeah. wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. There's no minis in it. Well, there's called little plastic palaces, but there's no no monsters, no fighting. It's it's very euro. <laughs> it's a very euro game. Yeah. But uh, so, I enjoyed it. It was okay. I'll play it again. It's an interesting sort of thought exercise to think uh, sort of if a publisher had this game submitted to them in this year. So some unknown young designer called uh, Knizia sort of put in this yeah. idea of a game. What, how would the publisher develop it and publish it now nah, in, rather yeah. than 2020? No, yeah, in be, 2020 it'd, rather than 2000? It'd be straight to Kickstarter, wouldn't it, these days? Yeah, quite positive. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with loads of minis and, uh, yeah, a big box and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah stretch goals and lots of expansions. <laughs> Yeah. Stretch goals, you know, name your cat after, or we'll name our cat after your name, or whatever. If you back this project, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. multiple different maps you can play on. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's that old this game. It's got the cardinal sin. It's got a grumpy old, uh, grumpy middle aged man kind of on the cover as well, ah. looking <laughs> looking out. It's one of those kind of games. <laughs> Appealing to the masses, not yeah. 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 So I think so there was a a period in um, sort of Euro game design where that was a. A definite thing. Yeah, it's like to mandatory. have a have a serious yeah. person on a on the cover just to show this is not kid stuff. This is yeah. this is quality <laughs> stuff. This is real you could, art. You could take that back to Mastermind in the seventies, couldn't you? The, year, the board yeah. game in the seventies. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but we're all showing our age here. Let's face it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that was uh, that was Taj Mahal. Uh, Tom, mm. what have you been playing? Uh, well, first off, I'd just like to give a fun fact about the Mastermind uh, cover. 
the uh, classic cover of the uh, the bearded man sitting in a in a chair and uh, ex- exotic. Uh, yeah, there's a lady, standing, a, lady. Uh, yeah. standing next to him. Yeah, the uh, photo shoot for that had the uh, had a cat involved. <laughs> Uh, so he could be sitting there stroking a cat like a Bond villain or something. Like Blofeld, yeah. Yeah, and uh, in an, <laughs> and the cat actually uh, weed on his trousers. So in the, in the, yeah. the eventual photo that he used, he's sitting there with trousers covered in cat weed. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't see that because it's under the table. Anyway, <laughs> uh, not quite as suave and sophisticated as it, uh, it looks like on the photo. <laughs> Anyway, yes, um, games I've actually played. Um, I tried a game that I've been wanting to try for a while, actually. Uh, Isle of Cats. Speaking of uh, beautiful modern Kickstarter games, yep. is uh, this one uh, uh, was kickstarted by some friends of ours, so they brought it round, and it is really nice. It's a it's a game of fitting polyominoes, which is you know shapes made out of squares like Tetris shapes, onto your boat. But every polyomino is a cat in a weird position, like stretched out or bent in a in an L shape or whatever. Yeah, which is which is um, not necessarily mechanically necessary for the game, having a picture of the cats. But they're really nice. It's just yeah. it's a beautifully illustrated thing. Uh, you know how our game some games have you um, sitting and waiting for other people to take your, their turn while you while it comes around to you. Mm. Uh, this game might have had that if it hadn't had these beautiful cats to look at. Because while you're waiting for your turn, you can go. Oh, that one's got a little mouth. Oh. So I played this on my <laughs> first visit to, played this on my first visit to the club. What four or five weeks ago? Is Scott, oh, yeah. not Scott the Euro guy, but the other Scott uh, brought this along. And uh, oh, Scott Fryer. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was playing this with uh, a couple of the people, and I, I think it was a beautiful looking game. You know, Frank West, who and City of Games, who did this, also did City of Kings. Um, I don't know if you played that, which is the big kind of storytelling, resource management, battling mm-hmm. kind of uh, puzzle almost type game. Uh, and yeah, I think City of Cats, we played it for people at the club and I thought it was just a brilliant, easy to learn, very tactile and beautiful to look at kind of spatial, spatial puzzle really, isn't it, I suppose? Yes, it was quite nice. It was, um, it, was a, it was a sort of, you had a bit of engine building, but you had a bit yep. of the spatial thing with trying to fit these things into rooms. And Some you card had card uh, drafting as well, isn't there? I yeah, I remember. Yeah, card drafting. Some of some of the cards give you um, certain abilities. Some of the cards give you a, a ways of scoring points at the end. Yeah. So you got all this. Uh, it's changing all the way through the game about what you're trying to aim for, as well as the basic um, point scoring. And I think on the inside of the box, or the lid of the box, there's a little target, isn't there? Which oh, says, your are the best part of the game. Keep the cat off the table and annoy, and uh, messing up your game. Just put the cat, wow. the, 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 this box on the floor. Cat will sit in there instead. Brilliant. <laughs> I've not played this yet, but it looks, uh, it looks really nice. So it looks good, yeah. Have you played uh, Copenhagen? I have, yeah. That's um, another one with Polyomino. It, yeah, is it similar to that, or is it different, or...? Uh, well, that's got different um, uh, things you're trying to do. You're still trying to. You've still got the spatial element of uh, fitting these polyominoes, but you're trying to get lines of certain colours, and they. Uh, and if you manage to get a line, then you get, yeah, you get a few something. points. It's, it's wild yeah, to play with it. Yeah, but yeah, you've got more of sort of a restricted space to put the uh, the tiles. You're sort of building up in a sort of. So in Isle of Cats, is it quite a big space? Then you've got to. It fill. seems like a big space at the start, yeah. But uh, you uh, you end up um, getting getting a bit squished, right? Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, there's quite a few of these games with um, these polyomino tiles, and they're all got this nice puzzly element, like this mm. patchwork, which is good. Yeah. Or at the other end of the scale, there's uh, uh, Feast for Odin, which is a gigantic. That's on classic, my list of games uh, to get, Feast for Odin. Yeah, it's one of my yeah. Grail games. I must get that. Yeah. I, I do have it, so I could bring it to the club one, one day and we could move <laughs> it over. Yeah. It's a, a table eating monster. <laughs> um, I do like polyomino games. Every one I've played, it's uh, got something nice in it. Yeah, it just um, engages a slightly different part of the brain, doesn't it? Really, yeah. As well. So, you know, as well as trying to take in all the other mechanics of, you know, should I play this card, that card, this color, that color, you're also, you know, you're engaging a, a separate part of the brain, which is really kind of exciting at the same time. It gets you, you kind of, you, it gets you thinking in a different way, and uh, you know, sometimes you make really bad decisions, and it doesn't matter because you're having an absolute blast yeah. trying to fit these different shapes uh, into each other, and there's something really primal about okay, when your plan comes together and you manage to fill a complete area, you think, yes, you know, I, I planned that out, I did that. It's been quite a popular sort of me- little mechanic that's appeared in quite a few games over the last yeah. few yeah. years. Uh, so, Mark, what have, you, what have you been playing recently? So, uh, this week, I'd say, as mentioned earlier, I've, uh, I've been doing a... Uh, Stone My Games sent me a copy of the modular board over for Scythe, uh, which is... I take it you guys have played Scythe, have you? Uh, yeah, I've played it a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really like Scythe. There's a solo mm. game for me, the Automa works really, it's quite a complex Automa, but it works really well. And of course, the, the original board inside is quite open. What the modular board does is, um, it's, a, it's an entire board with with four hexes, double-sided hexes, if you like, or large hex groups. And you place those onto the board and it completely changes the layout. And as, uh, as a solo player, what you can do is then take a couple of these off the board so your board becomes almost narrow and it becomes more of a uh, more of a tight fitting game, uh, and that's really really interesting. That because it, it, you know, I think the more you play side, not that it's ever solvable, it's just that you get used to how the different factions work and how the different mechanics work in there. But so having the modular board really kind of switches things up there. So I've been enjoying that. Um, uh, Aeon's End, uh, which is a deck builder, which uh, I know they've just had a Kickstarter for uh, an umpteenth version of this, but I got the base copy, um, the original kind of um, first edition base copy the uh, the other day from um, from eBay. Uh, and I'm not massive on deck builders. I find all the shuffling and everything that you have to do just too much of a faff. Mm-hmm. However, with Aeon's End, once you set it out, you don't actually shuffle, other than in a couple of cases you don't actually shuffle, which is really good for me because I'm I'm cack-handed. I cannot shuffle. Um, you know, cards fly everywhere. They get bent and what have you. So I tend to stay away from what I'm not good at. But I'm really enjoying Aeon's End. It's, uh, uh, you know, this kind of uh, deck builder where you're battling, you're building up your wizards as you're battling against whichever monster you're taking on and you're buying spells and gems from this store. Uh, really simple game to learn, but really quite tense as well. So I've had a lot of fun with that. And then at the moment... Um, uh, Nemesis, which is kind of one of my favourite games of all time, um, and I think Shut Up and Sit Down have just released a video review of this. It's one of my most watched video reviews on the channel. Now, this is this imagine Alien the movie, not Aliens, but Alien the movie. Mm. Essentially, the board game version of that. You wake up on a ship. There's a dead, a, a, you know, one of one of your crew members is dead, and you're going around this ship, and you're getting jumped by creatures that look suspiciously like 
the alien creatures, uh, and there are also chestbursters in this as well. So <laughs> it skirts very close to some kind of copyright infringement, but it's fantastic. It's by uh, Awakened Realms, who obviously did um, well, Lords of Hellas and they've done um, Tainted Grail recently as well. So quality-wise, it's fantastic. I love it. It's a really deep and uh, not deep. It's a really thematic, tense game. So mm. uh, yeah, I'm going to have another game of that tonight after the kids have gone to bed. I'm going to turn the lights down low and uh, get a glass <laughs> of whiskey out, and that's it. That's uh, yeah. Play this until uh, until probably one o'clock in the morning and scare the crap out of myself. <laughs> Put some scary music on in the background. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and not, then at I'm some not... point, the dog will walk between my legs and make me feel I've not played it yet. This one, but I've seen uh, a few photos of like people playing in groups and things, and it looks really nice. It's got like little minis. Yeah, uh, of like the aliens and the other players and everything. The the board looks looks like a you know like a, a the alien star spaceship and stuff. It looks it yeah. looks really good. Yeah, it's really well uh, produced. I uh, you know for for a solo game it may be uh, ninety minutes something like that from a solo yeah. an hour and ninety minutes. So with three, I played it with three players in as a teaching game, and I think it took about again ninety minutes there. So it's not that long a game to play. You're not getting over overwhelmed in this game. Yeah. yeah. And you can play co-op or competitively as well, which is really interesting. So, if you played it, uh, if it took about ninety minutes. If you uh, once you know the game, and you, you you know, does that drop down a little bit, or are you still looking at about ninety minutes once you've played it a couple, a couple of times? Or you're probably still looking at ninety minutes to tell you yeah. the truth. Yeah, there or thereabouts. Yeah, right. yeah. It's uh, you know, you could. I suppose you could do it within an hour, but there's there's not massive massive amounts of decisions to be made but there are some decisions not necessarily ap because the game kind of railroads you in certain directions mm. but sometimes you then have to backtrack and that will then extend your game uh, you may be going towards an objective an alien drops down in front of you you do not have the power to fight them so you've got to go all the way around the ship to get back to where you wanted to go and hope <laughs> another alien doesn't come so so yeah it, it can extend the game that way if you like yeah each game is different and uh, and slightly unique mm. And is the is the map kind of modular? Does it change, or is it the same kind of board so, each time? Yeah, so the board is double sided, and there's a, a what they call an easy side. It's not easy, and then there's a harder side on the other side of the board. And then there are some <laughs> hex, uh, random hex, hex, random hex tiles that you put down on the board, mm. face down, and then this changes the layout of the ship every day. So one of them right. might be I don't know the science lab, and every time you play it, it's in a completely different area. So uncovering that, some of them are good and some of them are bad, of course. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it changes each and every time you play the game. Sounds good. Yeah, I do like the Alien films. Even cool. the bad ones I quite like. So yeah, that kind I will, of. I'll I'll definitely like. bring this along then. Yep. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a good one. Cool. Yeah. Next thing on the uh, next thing on the list that we, we were talking about is uh, is Tom's Tom's news that he's got. You've been working hard designing games and doing a lot of play testing and things like that, uh, and you've designed a game. Can you tell us a bit about it? I suppose I ought to really. I don't find self-promotion comfortable. I feel a bit, a bit awkward about saying uh, I've got a game. Uh, but I managed to make it myself. Um, yeah. Come to the club on Tuesday and get people to play a game because it had uh, just started on Kickstarter that day. And I've got a game on Kickstarter and it's really hey. exciting. And I'm yeah, well I keep on That's I keep right. on logging on and trying to, trying to watch the numbers go up, which I really ought to not do. Yes, the game is for the L deck, formerly known as the Wibble Plus Plus deck, which I don't know if um, you're aware of this. This is a a deck of cards where each card has got two letters on. This was produced by uh, Bez Chariari over the last few years. And uh, a couple of years ago, he 
invited people to create a game for those cards. Uh, he had a sort of open competition, and I submitted my idea for it, and uh, and he liked it, and it won the competition, and it got developed over the next year or so, and became sort of, he said, he said it's her favourite game of the deck, um, which is great. Uh, so now she's redoing that um, the deck of cards, which is now known as the L deck, E-L-L, because all the games for it end in L, Wibble, Grabble, Alphabetic L, that sort of thing. And this one's Categoric L. There we go. Yes. Oh, did I not mention the name? It's Categorical. (laughs) Say it one more time, Tom. Come on. Categorical? There we go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, she's relaunching that deck. Uh, She's going to be producing sort of single-game decks of it. Previously, she had a deck of cards uh, which said, here are the rules for five different games you can play with these cards. Now she's going to be doing a box which is just Categorical. Here are the cards for it. And by the way, if you look on the internet, there's some other games you could play with these same cards. Right. Ah, brilliant. Uh, she's redoing the cards, sort of uh, optimised for this game. As you say, I've been working hard on creating games and playtesting and, and things, but this game really wasn't hard to make at all. It just sort of, sort of came to me really easily, and I wish that happened more often. But anyway, <laughs> describe the game. The game is really fun. It's a five to ten minute card game for two players or two teams of players. Uh, I had people uh, playing on Tuesday night, and everyone seemed to have a good time. There was um, lots of whooping and hollering going on, so that was that's yeah, obviously that's a sign of yep, a good time. Yeah, and it's uh, a tug of war game where you've got to, well, you see a card, which might be the uh, A Z card, and you've got to shout out uh, something in the category that you decided for that game, which might be on animals or. Uh, names or movies or uh, whatever you're doing. So if it's animals, you might shout um, shout out zebra uh, for a Z. And then you move towards your side, because it's a tug of war, you move towards your end of the row and see the next card towards you. Uh, and then you've got to shout out uh, rabbit to get the next card. And eventually get it to your end and score a point. And you get it back to the middle. And you keep on until you've finished the entire deck. And see who's got the most points in the end. And because it's uh, a tug of war, it can go back and forth before anyone managed to. You can someone could nearly score a point and then it'd be dragged back. And uh, it does strange things to your brain because you're looking at the letter L and suddenly you can't think of any yeah. animals beginning with L. There must be some. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. There's a lot of on the tip of your tongue in it. And, Strangely, uh, it sounds like there could be a drinking game made out of this as well, Tom, which sounds quite frightening. I'm sure there well. could. <laughs> I mean, we haven't investigated really that aspect of, of the use of the game. We've looked more at it could be used for people learning English. But anyway, yeah, that, maybe drinking games as well. We could promote that. Um, yeah. But everyone that tries it seems to have a good time, which is great. Uh, I um, actually helped out on Bezza's stand at the UK Games Expo last year. And showing people this game, uh, she had the deck on, on, on sale, and so I was just saying, here's another game that you could play with this deck. Mm. Uh, and everyone I showed it to had a great time. Yep. Uh, we got some nice quotes from people on the uh, on the Kickstarter saying that they like it. Paul Grogan mentioned it in one of his videos. 
uh, of gaming rules. He said he had a great time of it over New Year with his family, which is good. It's very exciting to have something actually of yeah. mine out there that people are playing, and <laughs> it's it's just a good feeling. Yeah, it does. I need to do more of that. Yeah. It's the first game that I've actually uh, put out there. I mean, as you say, I've been designing things for a while, mm. but mm. it's just been sort of a hobby of how can I make a game um, and yeah. just for myself and not really doing anything to get them published or anything. Yeah. But this is this is a nice feeling to have, have people actually playing my game. So did did you take it to the playtesting sessions that you that you go to then? Did you? Um, did you take it to those and or did it just kind twice, of come from yes. there? I mean, this one kind of um, sprang fully formed. Uh, I just sort of, like I say, he had this competition and I'd been trying to fiddle around with a couple of games. And then Mm. this one, I just put out five cards in a row and thought, why have I got five cards in a row? It's uh, Maybe it's a tug of war. Uh, Okay, so people are trying to get from one end to the the other. How do they do that? Um, Shout a word. And it just kind of worked. And I didn't really have to do a lot of hard work to develop it then i handed it over to bears and he did lots of playtesting and development and i was just saying oh yeah that's that's a good change do that great because yeah. she's good good at development she uh, yeah. has a little part-time job as a doing development for uh, alley cap games as well so mm. and she's been designing games and playtesting games and developing games for many years and she's actually quite good at it now mm. but you're saying that about kind of how the process came along tom and how kind of just hit you but isn't that how some of the best games happen you know you look at something like code names yeah, maybe uh, you, yeah. it's the most simple games that you know that when they happen you think god why has nobody thought of this before surely mm-hmm. it can't sure. be that easy yeah i'm sure florida Fratil was just sitting there one day and you just sort of <laughs> messed around with a few things for a few minutes and thought yeah i'll say that's just work i'll try that Suddenly, <laughs> um, code names made in millions well, probably not millions but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we we played it at the club, didn't we? And uh, yeah, I played it a couple of times, and it's a it's a good fun game. It's it's really quick as well, isn't it? It's 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 like five or ten minutes. It's real time. Mm-hmm. We, we played some of the other games that you can play with the deck as well. I can remember there's one where you like they're all they're all in the middle of the table, and you're kind of grabbing them and picking them up and making words yeah, with them. There's the all one, sorts of different games. One's probably called Grabble. Mm. Yeah, that was a good game as well. Yeah. So so the the rules are available online, aren't they? You can just download those, and I they think are. that's going to be yeah. quite interesting about it. You're going to get this game. Which is, you know, this uh, speed game. I'm guessing the categories, but also it's going to be quite fun, kind of exploring all the different other games that are available as well that you can play with this same deck, uh, and you know, trying the different ones out and seeing which ones you prefer and things like that. So that'd be that'd be good as well. Uh, the deck you've tried, it's got sort of the uh, the black and white um, letters and the border around it. The new deck that Bez is trying to design just now, for, which is going to be published as a categorical box. That's going to have some sort of uh, graffiti-inspired lettering, with, mm. which much more colourful, because because it's a it's a fast-paced, uh, exciting game. So you want sort of bright, exciting colours to go with it. Yeah. So it's sort of the the lettering is sort of designed to sort of fit the feel of the game. Yeah. And if if you have a look on the Kickstarter page, you can actually see a preview of some of the cards as well. So these are just like quick graffiti kind of style drawings of of what the cards are going to look like, and there's various different styles of things. And that's part of the Kickstarter, isn't it? If you if you pledge towards this, you can have a say in kind of how they look and how it's going to be developed going forward and things like that. So it's it's yeah. the game is already there. It's just kind of the look of the cards, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be that'll be quite interesting as well. So yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to see how it goes. And uh, yeah, it's a really good game. So if you uh, yeah, if you think that's something you'd be interested in, get get on Kickstarter and uh, and back it. Uh, how, how long do you think it'll take to produce? How long does the 
game actually take to to get in people ha- people's hands? Yeah, she's got a timeline of when it's going to be produced on the Kickstarter page. I think she said expected to be with everyone by uh, I think she said October. Right, oh, that's really or maybe earlier. Yeah, yeah. How would you going to say? Is it going to go to retail as well, Tom? Then is that the plan after Kickstarter? I think that's the plan. Yes, I I, I probably ought to have some more details of that. Yeah, it sounds but like it, the ideal thing. That, you know, you go into Patriot Games and it's there, and it's something you could pick yeah. up, and you know, and it, it would be great for a lot of people just to have that ability, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. They have had the uh, Wibble Deck on sale in Patriot Games, uh, but uh, uh, I think they've sold out now. So I'm sure they'll get some more when it's available. Yep. The Kickstarter closes on March the 26th, and I believe this podcast will be out just a bit before that. So hopefully a bit of chance for anyone listening to this. <laughs> Stop listening to the podcast, go and back it on Kickstarter, then come back and listen to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> here, here. yeah definitely go and back it. It's a, it's a great game, so yeah, go and have a look. Um, any other plans for future games? Have you got anything else in the works that you've been working on that you can tell us about? I've always got seven or eight <laughs> designs at various <laughs> stages of uh, things. I've got another game that I've got an idea of for the uh, the L deck uh, based on people being um, casting spells, but I, I, I don't know whether that'll turn into actually right. a deck that's uh, a game that's uh, done for it or not and i've got the playtesting sessions uh, at the treehouse once a month so if anyone wants to come along and try things out uh second wednesday of the month from about seven o'clock yeah mm-hmm. yeah get yourself down there and uh, play some of these new games and give a bit of feedback and uh yeah take your own as well if you want if you're if you're a budding designer and you've got some prototypes yeah. or some ideas yeah, um, no matter yeah. how rough the idea, if you've got something that's scribbled in felt tip on a piece of card, great stuff. That's fine. So moving on then, Mark, we're coming to you now. So Mark runs the YouTube gaming channel, which is not board gaming. Can you tell us about a bit about the uh, about, about the show, Mark, and, and what you what you talking yeah, about? Yeah, so I am, uh, you know, by uh, by way of no apology whatsoever, I am primarily a solo gamer. Uh, so the not board gaming channel, as it was set up uh, and as it is growing, is 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 solo based, and it's not just like solitaire games, i.e., games that you only play with one person. Mm-hmm. It is games that uh, you know generally have a, a good or a bad. <laughs> solo mode or cooperative games as well which generally can be played by one person using multi-hands so what i do is i concentrate on solo releases or so soloable games um and just give fairly in-depth uh, reviews and thoughts on the games themselves um so i set the channel up in kind of august last year mm. and i started kind of heavily pushing it on social media you know joining lots of forums and really kind of ingraining myself in uh, in some of the forums on Facebook and on Instagram, etc., and started reaching out to other content creators and uh, games publishers and games companies, and it's grown <laughs> far faster than I absolutely thought it would. The channel, um, as of earlier this week, just passed 1,100 subscribers now, so that's wow. all Excellent. last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, really so it, I think that goes to show that there is a real kind of passion and a growing community if you like of solo gamers that are out there um and it, it is growing all the time you know you, you look at something like you know almost the granddaddy of um of solo gaming channels which is rolling solo which is run by a guy called adam smith from canada and i think he's got somewhere in the region of 15 20 000 subscribers something like mm-hmm. that which and it's a pure solo based channel so for, for me it kind of 
allowed me to cement this this relatively recent love of board games that I've got and and start doing something a little bit creative and and, and mm. fo- focusing my mind on something other than you know, work and the stresses of life etc so yeah I, I thoroughly enjoy creating the content as i say they tend to be in-depth videos so a lot of reviews tend to be te- uh, from other channels might be 10 or 15 minutes long mm. mine tend to be between the 40 and 60 minutes mark so i go in depth about the game the mechanics the artwork the box uh the components etc that's not for everybody you know some mm. people only want a five minute review but you know i have found a bit of a niche uh, a niche of people there who do seem to like a bit more of an in-depth review mm. yeah so you, you're kind of focusing on solo gaming at the moment on the on the channel. Yeah, uh, is that is that because you kind of looked out on YouTube and that you, you thought there was you know not enough coverage of that kind of thing, or was it just something you took on because that's that's what you that's what you prefer and that's what you do? That's doing? why I don't. Yeah. So well, my board gaming journey is, is still relatively. You know, I only started in January of 2019 mm. um, uh, in, in in modern board games. I, I I'd had some health issues. Um, I've been diagnosed with a a tumor, which is fortunately now benign and has been removed. But I, they also my doctor also diagnosed extremely high blood pressure at the time and he said you need to do something to relax and you know like like you and like like you and tom uh, i've been into video games since i'm you know since the days of zx spectrum or zx81 even as it was back in the early 80s so you know i've, I've been a lifelong gamer but my job means i look at a computer screen a lot uh, screen a lot and i just wanted something to detach so i went into uh they are, i decided i was going to look at board games my friends aren't interested in them. Uh, my wife and kids aren't interested in them. So I thought, oh, I wonder what solo board games are out there. And mm-hmm. suddenly you go into it and, wow, you're hit with this massive wall of just, you know, this this, this community you never knew existed. It's just huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I went in deep. And um, I think my very, very first game that I bought um, was Mage Knight back in January of last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I want to try. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I think it took maybe three days to read through the rule books. Um, and then I played it. I, I, it's, it's my second favorite game of all time. So I played it maybe seven or eight times back to back and starting off with understanding about 40% of how it worked to by the time I played it. And still these days, I wouldn't say I get 100% of the rules correct 100% of the time, <laughs> but I'm pretty close to it these days. But yeah, it's a very in-depth and very deep and long game, but I love it, absolutely. And from there, I was smitten. I just then started packing more and more and getting more and more involved in the hobby. It's, uh, I think it's quite hard work producing videos. Um, you've got the filming, you've got all the editing, so it's an achievement that you've kind of done all this and got it so, you know, so yeah. prominent already. Uh, so it's a, it's a really good uh, a really good thing that. Do, do you... Um, uh, you obviously put a lot of work in, into these videos. Did, did you have to get any extra equipment to do the filming, like cameras and no. things, no. or was it just stuff you had sort of laying around? That it's stuff, and up until uh, next week, when I when I am buying an, an actual video camera, everything is recorded from my iPhone and uh, my iPhone X. Basically, I've got a Mac, uh, which is fine. So I do all the editing on there. Everything has been recorded with the iPhone X, uh, and just lots of thoughts about making the shots look a little bit different. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's just trying to work with what I've got. Be a little bit, not guerrilla, I suppose, but a little mm. bit auteurish in just trying to create a flow and a style. And my videos, when they first started, uh, I think I've got 24 on there now, so 24 videos since August. And since when they first start to where they are now, they've they've, they've moved around. But, yeah, it's, it's just me and the iPhone X. And 
I generally work away two to three nights a week. So, and then obviously when I come back, my family and my, my wife and kids are my priority. So then I have to kind of fit board gaming and doing the reviews in around that. So there's a lot yeah. of late night or early morning or sometimes Saturday well, afternoon when everybody's out. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But I enjoy it at the same time. Yeah. The best kick is when I've pressed the upload video and it's gone onto YouTube. I then think, oh, great. I've got a week where I can just play a game without thinking about reviewing it now. <laughs> so that's the best yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you just relax and yeah, let yeah. you do his thing. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, how, how do you choose which games to review? Is it purely just like the ones that you're interested in? Or do you have like your mindset on like, right, so this is the big hotness, this is what other people are playing, yeah. shall I play that one? Or how, how do you go about deciding what, what you want to look it's, at next? It's, it's a bit of both. I mean, there's a growth. As, uh, when the channel starts, people are going to be interested if you're reviewing new games. So obviously when the fun channel first started, I was buying lots of new releases if you like fairly heavily so i could then be you know kind of i knew i could do a review fairly quickly after they come out and i generally you know when i get a game it's within a couple of weeks i'm I'm, it's all almost the game is all almost all i play so i understand a lot about it before i do the review it's no use just playing it once and doing a review so it is to, to get the kind of um the attraction for the channel and the biggest hits if you like on the channel are being new releases I've also now started branching off, so I've recently started an occasional series called Cult of the Old, which I'm going to start looking at older games, such as uh, my first one was Eldritch Horror. So there's a game that is, what, five years old now? So that is, you know, that's been successful as well. And with the size modular board, I'm going to do bite-sized reviews as well. So there's no reason to go into on the side modular board on a game that's four or five years old, whatever it is, with an expansion for that. No, no reason to go into kind of a 40-minute review. So that'll be like a 10 or 15-minute review of the size modular board then. That'll be a bite-sized review. But yeah, it is just games. I, I was heavily backing games on Kickstarter so I could get things as and when they came out. I'm in a reasonably fortunate position now is that I am getting approached by some publishers, so I will get copies of games uh, to do reviews on, so I'll get review copies through. So I think the big one that I got given last year at Essen before it had been released, uh, before Kickstarter backers had got it, was Tainted Grail. Mm. Um, so I was uh, over at Essen, I was, uh, I'd done the review of Nemesis, the same people who make uh, Tainted Grail, and they liked the review, so they gave me a copy of Tainted Grail. So I could then drop the review literally as people start receiving it, and that video mm. just went through the roof there. So yeah. Um, slightly fortunate position. I still buy 98, 99% of all the games that I review. Yeah. Uh, I just get the odd few few freebies coming through at the moment, if you like, that uh, are classed as review copies. But I don't. it doesn't change my review. And I think that's really, you know, I'm, I make it obvious that it is a review copy that I've got, but it doesn't change my overall liking of the game. For example, I got uh, On Mars as a review copy, as you saw at the club we were playing with, when I was playing with Scott, etc. Mm. So Eagle Griffin sent me that over, uh, and the solo game isn't great, and I said as much in my review as well, mm. so I don't know whether I'll ever get another game through from Eagle Griffin, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certain integrity you have to uh, have to pervade, yeah. I think, so yeah. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying about uh, going into in depth on the reviews. I mean, I've seen I've seen a few obviously and watched some of you, some of you on there, and, and it is quite good that you, you kind of have really good cl- like close ups of the cards and the board and things like that components. You you do like a run through of it all. So if you do want to see, you know, how the game plays and and what's involved with it and what you actually get with it, and some examples of of gameplay and things, it's, they're good. They are good videos to watch. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I, I was really impressed with them. Yeah, really good. A- any plans for the future? Do you, are you, what are you planning on? Uh, are you planning on expanding or going into 
Oh, well, about the bite-sized ones and different styles. Yeah, the bite-sized and, and, and the cult of the old is the way forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is uh, upgrading in some kit. Uh, so the, uh, next week I'm going to be buying a, a proper video camera, some lights, and a proper tripod and try and do things that way. Um, but I, starting to build more relationships with uh, other content creators and developers. So um, I'm uh, off to Gen Con, fortunately, in July uh, later this year, and I'm teaming up with... Uh, another podcast there, the guy from Solo BG Podcast, and we've already got a raft of kind of people that we're meeting and uh, content creators and pr- provide and um, uh, publishers there as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, hopefully, it's going to start growing from strength to strength. But you know, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to continue doing it as long as it's fun. The moment that it stops becoming fun, you know, it's yeah. not paid work. Yeah. I still have a full time job. I still have mm-hmm. a family. So the moment it stops becoming fun is, um, you know, is the moment that you know it, it, it doesn't exist anymore. But at the moment, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. The aim is to try and release some content once every two weeks, there or thereabouts, and I can't mm. see that really changing. I don't feel the need to release weekly content. I don't have the time to do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking once every couple of weeks, release content, and the channel will probably just steadily grow uh, and mm-hmm. peak at some some point in the near, in, in the future, and I'm fine with that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the occult of the old ones. They quite, sound quite interesting. Yeah. Um, I think there's a bit of... Um, a bit of an issue where people kind of play new games all the time and again that's probably like say four or five years old probably doesn't get looked as much yeah. and yeah. it probably gets overlooked a little bit because people are saying oh it's been superseded by this particular game or you know this one's out now so we'll play that one instead but that doesn't yeah. mean that these older games are, are less fun or less interesting or Eldritch Horror I'd, I'd paused on buying that for a long time I said yeah, mm. yeah it's Arkham I'm a bit you know Cthulhu'd out but as soon as I bought it and I set it up and I played it, it instantly jumped into my kind of top 10 solo games. And it's, you know, it's a game that is, it might even be 2013, so it's older than that. And I think there's a, re- as you say, there's a, a kind of, people have this the kind of FOMO, this fear of missing out. So you have mm. to get the new new and the, the latest hotness. And of course that gets hits, but there are so many wonderful older games out there mm-hmm. that don't get the kind of coverage. And I think, you know, that's what I want to do on this as well is just cover some of those games. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really good channel. Uh, I can uh, recommend subscribing if you uh, if if you like that kind of thing. If you're a solo gamer, especially, but even if you're not, you still get to see what the games look like and how they play and everything. So that's really interesting as well. So mm. definitely check out Mark's channel. Uh, why don't you give us the details again, please, Mark? Uh, give us the details of this channel. So it's not it's not board gaming. That's always B O R E D. We're on obviously on YouTube, so that's uh, you just search out not board gaming on YouTube. Also on Facebook and on Instagram, everything is not board gaming. And if you want to get in touch with me, it's not board gaming at iCloud.com. And again, board is always B-O-R-E-D. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And Tom, why don't you give us a, a quick uh, reminder of the Kickstarter? Uh, just search for Categoric L on Kickstarter. That's C-A-T-E-G-O-R-I-C-K-E-L-L, uh, which is a bit weird. But all the games end in, end in L, so it's got to be um, <laughs> got to be mangled slightly. Uh, yeah, uh, that's running till March 26th, so go and back it. Yep, definitely. Okay, gentlemen. I, I, I can't see a way of making it a solo game for having a crossover with not board gaming no, to review it. No, it's a war with yourself. We'll leave it there. Brilliant. Thank you, gentlemen, for talking to me today. It's been brilliant talking to you both. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, we're Sheffield Board Gamers, so you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, the website is www.sheffieldboardgamers.com. Uh, come and join us if you want to play some games if you're in the Sheffield area. Thank you both, uh, both again, Mark and Tom. Thank you, Rick. Uh, bye for now. Bye. Bye, all. Bye.